Welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm producer Ruth Brown. Today I'm joined by Secretary of State Phil McGrain. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Ruth. It's great to be here. So we have seen a lot of legislation come through the State House this year regarding voting. Let's start with student IDs. A bill passed the House on Monday to prohibit the use of student IDs as a form of identification at the polls. Uh, what is your take on this? You know, first I'll just say I think the reflection of so many pieces of legislation just shows how important elections are in people's minds. This is actually the third session in a row where House Bill 1 has been an elections bill. Um, that just kind of reflects overall what we're seeing. And so seeing some of these, whether it's student identification or some of the others come through, isn't necessarily a surprise. It's just us trying to figure out the right path and the right balance uh, to make all these things work together. Um, the student IDs is one example. That bill came out early. I was anticipating it would come out as just part of the greater conversation regarding registration and voter ID at the polls. Um, I am supporting the bill in terms of removing the student IDs, but that's because there's a companion bill that uh, I've been working very closely with Representative Mitchell on to update our registration requirements to specifically specify what forms of ID you can use to register to vote, what forms of proof of address you can use to show what your residence is. And a key component of that bill is including a free ID for anyone who needs one for the purposes of voting. Uh, the standards used to produce student IDs isn't quite the same as it is for all the other forms of identification. Uh, many times it's just a, a printer on a desk in a student office printed by students. Um, and when we think about our driver's license or other things, those requirements are higher. But honestly, the thing that has really influenced my opinion about IDs at the polls, um, I know this has been a national issue for a decade, is just having data and information. I think we need to make informed policy decisions, and this is a key area for that. We introduced electronic poll books over the past two election cycles throughout Idaho. Um, these poll books make it easier for poll workers, easier for voters, but they're also collecting a lot of data and information. And while we all would have assumed that driver's license is the most common form of photo ID, uh, we probably wouldn't have realized just how common it was. In the November 2022 general election, 98.8% of registered voters showed a driver's license. It's overwhelmingly the most common form of ID. On college campuses, driver's license is overwhelmingly the form of ID. And it's surprising, out of the near 600,000 people who voted in November, only 104 used a student identification card. Um, and we think by companioning these bills together, we'll actually be able to fill the gap to make sure that no one is deterred. Um, we've already been meeting with the universities as an office on how we can expand voter information to students when they come to school. Um, and so I think collectively looking at this holistically, uh, if we get all these bills together, it will kind of make sense in the end. Just right now, there's, you know, it's broken into pieces. There was some concern from uh, Democrats about uh, having another form of identification, particularly one that has a local address. Um, say you're voting in Boise, uh, you live in Boise, but your uh, driver's license, I don't know, maybe you're from Rigby and that's where you got your driver's license. Uh, do you have concern about that? What do you see as a remedy for that? Oh, uh, that's a great example of just people understanding the process currently. So driver's licenses aren't uh, kept up to date and current for any uh, voter. Um, the ITD does not issue a new driver's license when you update your address. So it's very common, actually. When we talk about identification at the polls, its sole purpose is to prove your identity. It's not to prove your address. Um, hence why I mentioned we have this registration bill that breaks in part what, I, what the requirements are for identification, and then also has what are the requirements for proof of residence. 
Um, it could be that your driver's license is current and it serves as both, um, but it's very common for someone to use their driver's license that has their old address, and this isn't just for students, this is for anybody, uh, and then combine it with, say, like their car insurance or a rental agreement or something else. And so this is why it's important that we combine all those pieces, because I actually think the question, the assumptions built into it don't reflect actually what's currently happening in the state. Great. Um, there is a bill coming from uh, Representative Brandon Mitchell. I wanted to um, talk about that a little bit. Um, those voter ID, uh, voter ID cards that the Transportation Department has agreed to make, they would be free. Is that correct? Yes, Can that, you walk me through that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a key component. So yeah. uh, as I mentioned, this is the bill that I, I've been working on related to registration. It provides common standards regardless of what form you register. Right now, the law is broken up by different methods of registering to vote, and we're trying to standardize that. Also, um, when we usually talk about photo ID, we're talking about the ID you show when you vote. So that's when you, you're already registered, you go in and they ask you for your ID. There's a different standard for registering to vote. And actually the standard to register to vote is much lower than the standard to vote. And it's frustrating for poll workers, it's frustrating for election officials because it's just confusing having two different requirements. And so what we're trying to do is merge those together to make them more uniform. Um, and this is where we spell out and make it more clear for anybody involved on here are the types of IDs you can use. Here's what you can use for proof of residence that you are here in Idaho. Um, we specifically included in there out-of-state driver's licenses because you know, your Washington driver's license, it still shows that you're Ruth Brown and I'm Phil McGrain if we had one, right? That um, it, it's just trying to make the process a little more streamlined. A key part of that is we know there are people who don't necessarily have a driver's license. You know, maybe it's a student who doesn't want to want to drive at this point in time. So we've worked with ID, ITD to provide a free ID for anyone who's 18 years or older who needs one. And it's a state-issued ID card. So in addition to allowing them to vote or register to vote, it would also allow them to travel and do a num number of other things you can do with a state-issued ID. And so we think this is a good uh, balance. And I've actually spoken to other secretaries from other states about how their programs have worked. And this seems to solve a lot of the gaps, especially with the low numbers of other IDs that we see used. Another bill we saw uh, come through, it hasn't passed yet, I don't know if it will, but Representative uh, Alfieri had a bill that it would eliminate the use of affidavits at the polls. This is when an individual uh, signs an affidavit saying, I am who I am. Um, what is your take on eliminating affidavits? Yeah, I came into this session anticipating a lot of conversation regarding the personal ID affidavits. Anytime you talk about identification, this always comes up. Um, again, I, I want to try and make sure we're making data-informed decisions when we're doing this. Um, statewide, we had just over 1,600 affidavits used in the last section, so certainly a lot more than what we were talking about related to the student IDs. Um, I've proposed a couple of different things. I've seen at least four different drafts of bills, including the one that was introduced uh, related to it. Personally, I would like to see us tighten the security related to the affidavits, and I've made some proposals in terms of uh, how we can do that by adding additional personal identifying information that poll workers could verify uh, when a voter uh, doesn't have an ID with them. Um, right now though, from talking to legislators, especially in the House, uh, they wanted to start and pursue what uh, we see Representative Alfieri uh, removing that. I don't think there's any way we could remove the personal ID affidavit without those free IDs. I think that's really important. I mean, the one thing that we have trouble with knowing is how many people really need uh, something to assist them, like the personal ID affidavit, because they, 
truly forgot their ID, it's too far to go back and get, versus um, what we see is what we always like to call them protest voters. Right? Most of the people we talk to are people we know and they just philosophically don't like this conversation. And so we see them. And so I'm hoping that the debate on this will be healthy. Um, I know the county clerks are watching it closely just as our office is to see where it goes. I don't know what will happen with this particular bill, but I'm guessing that uh, whether it moves forward or dies, this conversation has not ended and we will be talking about the personal ID affidavits for a while. Sure. Another uh, controversial bill that uh, was introduced, a bill to limit the use of absentee ballots. As you know, nearly 130,000 people uh, voted by absentee in November. Do you have concerns around absentee ballot security? Uh, would you support the bill? Walk me through that. Yeah, I think this is an important topic. I, you'll hear me say almost every time I test final election bills right now is that um, one, Idaho has secure elections. We have a very good system. We ran a very good election in November. Uh, in addition to that, um, security does not have to come at the cost of accessibility. You can have access to voting and have secure elections. And I think too often they're pitted against each other. And I just don't believe that's the case. Um, I've mentioned to the sponsors of this bill that the secretary's office will be opposing it. Um, we really think that absentee ballots are an important part of being able to vote in our state. And there's a number of voters who utilize them. Um, one of the misconceptions I've heard is that you know, absentee ballot use is exploding and on this significant rise. And while we certainly saw a huge uptick during COVID, especially when the state required people to vote absentee, uh, we've actually seen it normalize. And, you know, there's been a healthy balance in our state of people who vote by mail through absentee ballots, people who vote in person early before an election, and people who choose to vote on election day. I actually think it's one of the areas where Idaho stands out is that we have all these different options. That's not true in many states across the country, including many blue states. And I want to do whatever I can to protect all the options that voters have. Um, I've been sharing information with legislators to let them know. I think county clerks talking to them, they think it's important as well that we maintain access to absentee balloting. And so I think you'll see a vigorous debate, you know, whenever this bill comes forward. A lot of this discussion that we hear around all these bills is regarding election security. As you just said, you feel that elections are secure. What, um, what should voters know, I suppose, about election security? And are you confident in the state of Idaho? I'm, I, first off, I'm very confident in our elections. You know, Having been a part of them my entire career and knowing the people who are working hard throughout all of our counties to run our elections, I think we have a great system. Um, but I also think that that is in part because we have people who are vigilant. And we do have security measures in place to keep our ballots secure, to keep track of who's voting um, and to monitor everything throughout the process. This last year, one of the great steps we did was introduce post-election audits where we go through and hand count to verify that the, the equipment that we're using to count votes is doing so accurately. That's an important step. So there do need to be safeguards in place. I think when we talk about things like identification, when you go vote, those are important conversations, but we always need to be trying to balance access uh, as well as security. Um, I think there are measurable steps we can continue to take to improve the security of our election. One of the things that I've seen both here locally and talking to my peers around the country is we're starting to see people who are trying to commit forms of fraud, not because they're trying to cheat, but because they're trying to test the system and prove that fraud is potential, <laughs> right? That doesn't help the system, sure. but it shows why we need to be vigilant. Right. Um, we have caught cases of people tampering with things that you're like, what, what is this person trying to do? Um, and so 
you know, while it's extremely rare that we actually see anybody commit fraud and we are able to catch those and prevent them, we always need to be mindful of that. And I think we can expand the franchise and allow, make sure every Idahoan who's eligible to vote has the opportunity to register and has the opportunity to vote while making sure that our elections are accurate and are secure. And you'll see us continuing to take steps in that, both in my budget proposal, we have steps that we're trying to update some of our systems and databases, but also simple things like adding the free ID as a method to ensure we have accessible identification for anyone who needs it, but that they can all go, also make sure they go to the polls or vote absentee or whatever method suits them best. Speaking of uh, voting on Monday, you pitched a bill to state affairs that would expand Idaho's voter guide, or I suppose create one, depending on how you want to frame it, um, that would include uh, candidates on the ballot rather than um, sort of the pamphlet we have now that I believe just includes the initiatives and uh, ballot questions. Walk me through uh, what the importance of this is and um, what, what it would include. Yeah, this is certainly one of my biggest priorities for this legislative session is trying to just answer the questions that I get most from voters, whether it's the Secretary of State's office, any of the county clerk's office, this is the most common question we get is, where is my voter guide? Um, all of the surrounding states, or as I like to refer to as feeder states, provide voter guides. So the Californias, the Utahs, uh, Washington, Oregon, all provide a guide with candidate information so that voters prior to heading to the polls can look up who are they vote, what are they voting on and who are they wanting to vote for. Um, Idaho right now, we send out a little paper pamphlet that includes constitutional amendments and initiatives, but doesn't include any candidate information. And one of the things we know is when people head to the polls, they know who they're going to vote for president. But they often don't know who their legislators are. They certainly don't know any of the county officials. And people want to make good decisions. I, I truly believe talking to voters throughout my career, they want to be informed. And so the idea is to have the state provide a guide that shares all this information, gives a brief description of the candidates, information provided by the candidates, but also includes contact information and where voters can go to learn more. Because too often voters are relying on Google, uh, but Google's not always a great resource when you're trying to look up like a county clerk position or you know many of the positions on the ballot. And so my hope is to get information out to voters right before every primary and general election and really answer the call. Um, one of the things we're seeing is a need for this because in the absence of a guide, we're seeing partisan guides sent out. You know, I've got a solicitation for a pay-to-play model. You know, if you give two thousand dollars, they'll too include you in their guide. Um, I think we can do better than a, as that in a state. And I know voters are clamoring for information. So hopefully this will be a step to, to fill that gap. Is your hope that it'll be um, an unbiased publication? Is, is that the goal? Oh, absolutely. I think that, of course, with the state's position, um, we are in a great position because candidates file with the state to be able to gather information. We often see you know, local media, so newspapers will produce a guide. One of the challenges we're seeing with that is often the candidates aren't responding, so the guides don't include the information. Or similarly, the same newspaper is providing endorsements and people feel there may be some bias. Um, the idea here is to gather information directly from the candidates and to provide that information to the voters. And I expect, just looking at our legislature, the submissions among the different members would look wildly different from one another in terms of what they highlight. Um, we've been doing a lot of research with the other states. So I have samples from every state that produces a guide, and we've learned about both costs, uh, the practical implementation steps, but also some of the lesson learns. You know, Arizona, 
bans the candidates from wearing a hat in their photo. In Oregon, if a candidate wants to use an endorsement, they have to have an affidavit from the person that they're saying that they're quoting. And so we can actually learn a lot from states who've been through some of the trials and tribulations to do something that's useful. And really for candidates, it's a great opportunity to get their information before voters. Often things that I'll hear, you know, if we look at like a governor's race is people will think they know who the candidates are and then they get their ballot and they don't know who all these extra names are because yeah. more people have filed. And so this is a way to get all the information in an even-handed way out to voters so that they can research and they may still make the same choices they would anyways, but they have the information to make an informed decision and be able to go, whether they're voting absentee or headed to the polls, have information before they get to the voting booth. One last subject I want to talk on, um, polling locations and safety at schools. Uh, you address, address this a little bit. Um, what is your office, uh, I guess, working on to include um, some safety at polling locations, specifically those that also yeah. are the home to students? I, I th exactly. I think, you know, one of the big things we've all seen, uh, unfortunately, it's been uh, covered nationwide, is just concerns about student safety when it comes to schools. And we're seeing uh, the state of Idaho, I know Superintendent Critchfield is very focused on making sure our students are safe. Um, part of that you've seen recently, like the West Ada School District has kind of closed down the schools during the day in terms of who can access them. Uh, oddly, one of the exceptions to that is on election day. Schools are the most common form of polling location here in the state of Idaho, and it's important in our ability to run elections that we have access to schools as polling locations. And so we see this tension between bringing in voters to vote on election day and having students. Uh, and we want to make sure there remains access, that we have some of our counties in the state that are having a really difficult time finding an adequate number of places to vote. And as a result, we're often seeing turnout impacted. You know, if you have to wait for an hour in line to vote, often that may be the deterrent from voting. Or if you can't even find a parking space because it's so flooded at the local polling location, it deters people from coming back to try and vote. And I want to make sure Every voter has the opportunity to vote, including all the way till 8 p.m. on election day. And so we've been working really closely with our education partners, the Idaho School Board Association, the Idaho Superintendent Association, and others to try and figure out what is a good balance. And we have a proposal that involves not having student instruction on school at schools on election day. So they may still have online classes, or more likely calendars get adjusted slightly. Uh, too often there's parent-teacher conferences or in-service days near an election day, but not on it. And so we're looking at ways we can kind of overlap those two. So maybe it's an in-service day for the school district and teachers are getting some of their professional education while we're voting, but we remove that conflict of student safety on those election days. And so I think we've got a proposal coming through both House and Senate education that will help us do that and hopefully expand more voting options uh, when people head to the polls in November. Secretary of State Phil McGrain, you got a busy uh, few weeks ahead of you, so I appreciate your time. Thank Thanks you. For, yeah. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho, by the Friends of Idaho Public Television, and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. 
Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marcia Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.